I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business, and I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Jack Rants with Bryn, actually. Uh, hi, Bryn. Hi, Jack. This is a fun one this week. It is, and you're having more fun because you're feeling better. Bryn's been under the weather a little bit, and boy, oh, boy, I'll tell you, what a trooper. You know, when they say the show must go on, she's exactly right because she has been not well, but I'm glad you're feeling better. You look terrific, and, and it is a fun subject. It is fun. And Jack, whenever I'm with you, my energy level goes up. So, you know, it's interesting. I tell my wife and she can always tell when we do a program because she'll say, gee, you must have been on with Bryn. You're upbeat and all that kind of stuff. I want to mention one thing before we start, uh, Bryn, uh, and that is the the fact that I had a banker reach out to me and says, hey, you're on YouTube. You're famous. Uh, and yeah, we're on YouTube. Um, the Modern Banker. Uh, is on YouTube. Uh, all of these programs, Jack Rants with Bryn and Jack Rants with Modern Bankers, they're all on uh, on YouTube. We've got 10 programs out there on YouTube with uh, different interviews with people like Phil Simon and um, many, many others. And then we've got all of our programs, which I think this might be our 10th or 9th or 10th. Um, and so we're on YouTube. And I know you, for you, it's like, ah, I've been on YouTube. But for me, that's kind of cool, Bryn. You know what's kind of cool is um, on my TV, if I say Jack Rance, it'll come up in the YouTube channel. Oh, 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 very cool. That's really cool. Oh, that's really neat. Well, uh, we're talking about being famous today, but, uh, but actually in this program, we're talking about being infamous, fake profiles. And oh. they're really proliferating, aren't they, Bryn? It's just, uh, it's really sad how, how people at a very, on just a terrific, uh, technology that Reed Hoffman started in, in 2003, that, that people have to do this. But I guess it's the nature of the beast. They're trying to figure out a way to scam anybody. Yeah, it is really sad. And, and you know, there's a few reasons people use fake profiles. You said the first one, which is, can we scam people? But another one is that they create profiles for automation because automation breaks LinkedIn's agreement and it can actually get your account shut down. So people are like, okay, well, I don't want my account shut down. So I'm going to create a fake account for automation. And that is, in my opinion, even more dangerous. Anyway, the key is we need bankers to be able to start to, to see uh, a fake profile and not engage. If you don't mind me saying, uh, you know, almost all the banks that we work with have these email, fake emails that go out testing them. Do they click through, right? Testing all the employees because they don't want spam and, you know, scammy things happening through email, but they really don't have a process for identifying scammy things through LinkedIn. And, and the fake, spotting a fake profile is something that every banker should be taught to do in a similar way as they're taught to manage their email. 
Well, you know, that's such a great point. As a board member of a bank, before the end of November, I have to take 26 different classes. And one of those has to do with exactly what we're talking about here, which is fishing and dumpster diving and all those kinds of things. But I agree with you. I have not heard of a bank that actually trains its people what to look for in a, a fake profile and, and, and what to do with it. But I have good news for all of you. We're going to talk about that today. And it really starts at the very top of the profile, doesn't it, Bryn? Um, the first thing we're going to talk about today is the profile photo. Um, yeah. those, those things are, are um, uh, ubiquitous and they're important. Uh, and if it's a real person, sure, you might have your photo from 25 years ago, but you're still real. There's a lot of fake profile photos out there, Bryn. Yeah, well, the first thing that we can do is identify if it looks like a stock image. If they look too pretty to be true or too handsome to be, like if it looks like a model, it's probably a fake profile. Google allows you to do a reverse image search. So I had come across a fake profile that looked pretty darn good, man. She had a lot of connections that I had connections. Um, she, you know, there, she had a work history and an education, uh, you know, she went to Howard university and like, like, like it was really built out. And I'm like, man, this picture is too pretty. She just, it was, it was too staged. And I'm like, okay. So I did a reverse image search and it was Adobe Photoshop and she was on like 875 other websites, right? Cause it was an Adobe model picture. The challenge with this, right, is someone out there is using this uh, to build relationships. But it's really catfishing, right? You're out there. It's terrible. You're trying to start business relationships with a lie. So the stock photo, that's a big one. Another one is a photo that's so blurred out, you can't really even make, you can't even tell, you know, if it's a human being or an alien, right? Like it's, it's so, it's such an odd thing. Um, others are now using AI because you can create a brand new human being that you can't do, human, it's not a human being, a brand new image of a fake human being that, is not reverse image searchable because it's unique to that AI, um, but it's still not completely perfect or, or good enough. I would really, if, if it looks too good to be true, get suspicious. And we're going to go through um, other ways. Um, in fact, the next way that I'd love to go into is the last updated. Uh, we can look at now when someone last updated their profile. When did they last update their their photo um, or their location? So the last updated is interesting. Um, I'm sorry to jump ahead. That's okay. Um, okay. So the last update is interesting to me. I want it to be recent, but I don't want it to be yesterday. So there's a balance, right? If it's a fake profile, they're probably getting shut down every couple of weeks. So take a look 
is last updated um, realistic. And I like to see it was last updated a couple of months ago. Now you can't help it. If a real person updates their photo yesterday, it's going to be there. But it's a red flag for you to look a little further. Well, we had a situation at a recent coaching call with a banker who said, you know, I updated my logo or, or my photo and my logo with our new bank logo. And she said it went out there and suddenly she was bombarded with congratulations, congratulations. So um, I, I get it. She, a, a real human being, just updated her stuff and uh, it, she couldn't help it. So I, I agree. I, I can see I can see where that is. But, but you you said something interesting. And maybe we'll talk more about this if you want to a little bit later. But you said LinkedIn shut them down. I'm curious if I find, if I think I have a fake profile, somebody invites me to connect, I go to their profile and it looks really fake to me. And I decide one of two things, ignore or accept. I ignore. And then LinkedIn says, I don't know Fred. Okay. And I always click, I don't know, Fred, is how does LinkedIn trying to figure out how to shut all these things down? There must be millions of them. Yeah. And it's like popcorn, right? Like it pops up, somebody eats a bunch and then more pop up. And so you know, it's, it's um, an epidemic. It's really a pan, you know, it's a, no, it's an, it's an epidemic. And, and um, how do we handle this? I will report and block someone if I know for sure. I mean, I get, and as a, most women are hit on almost weekly, if not more from, uh, you know, folks that are looking to scam, apparently, you know, it's a thing. So I, there is like the King of Jordan who connects with me every six weeks, you know, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, really? Um, but it's interesting because, uh, and we can talk kind of about the next one, which is one of the things to look at is your shared connections. So how many connections do I have in common with the King of Jordan? Not a lot, right? I shouldn't anyway. If I, uh, um, but you know, when you're looking, when you're looking, if there are a lot of shared connections, more likely they're not fake. Mm -hmm. Right now, none of this is absolute because I can have someone who's a third connection or beyond. That's very, very real. Um, so these are sort of checkpoints. Not any one of them on their own is enough to report them. But a few of these put together um, will start, you know, if you your gut reaction goes red flag, you're probably right. Absolutely. You go with your gut. Um, and, I, and the unfortunate thing about this, as it relates to shared connection, it could be someone that actually is a real person trying to reach out and, and connect with you. And too often what happens is bankers who don't do enough due diligence just ignore it and it goes away. And that's really unfortunate. I'll tell you a quick story. I, a banker in Indiana, uh, I was doing some teaching with an in Indianapolis 
He said, this is a horrible story. You got to tell all your bankers. He said, I got a connection request from a woman named, let's call her Mary Jones out in Seattle. Well, I don't know Mary Jones from a bag of donuts. So I ignore the, the connection. About two months later, I'm at a, a big chamber event because they're opening up a new hospital. And over to this woman comes and she says, hey, Fred, this I don't know if you remember me, but back in the day, my name was Mary Smith and I went to high school with you. We sat together in chemistry class. And he goes, oh my gosh, Mary, what are you doing? She said, well, I was, I'm married now. My name is Mary Jones. I was out in Seattle. My husband is the administrator of this hospital and we were looking for a banking relationship. And, and I reached out to you on LinkedIn and I never heard back from you. So I went to the next person I thought I knew on LinkedIn. And unfortunately we went with that particular bank. And he said, that's a horrible story. So my point is when you look at things like shared connections, or you look at these profiles, do some due diligence on them. Don't just ignore them because once you do, some really bad things can uh, can happen, Bryn. So I love that you said that there is another alternative. There is reply before accepting. So if you are on the, the fence, you can reply back and say, you know, thanks for the connection request. Typically, I only connect with people I've engaged with. May I ask how you found me? And then ignore them. And then if there's a response back, you can vet it again later. Absolutely. If you're on the fence, that's a safe way to go so that you don't create that that unfortunate business lost lost business opportunity. Now, before we go to the next one, you said something really great. And and I I fail to do this often. You talked about reporting and blocking. Mm -hmm. So let's say that I got a, a... uh, a connection request from somebody in San Francisco who works for Revlon and uh, they want to connect with me and I ignore them. How how would I go to block and report them? And what does happen if I do that? Yeah, um, well, it, it's investigated supposedly and I'm pretty sure most of them are investigated um, in, uh, through AI, like I don't, I'm pretty sure the AI would read the message, would take a look at, you know, and make a determination. Now, there are people that are unfortunately shut down accidentally because someone, maybe a competitor, or someone decided to report them. But when you are on someone's profile, there is a more button that has a drop down, and there is a remove connection and a report and block connection. So it, it, I don't do this all the time, but I definitely do this from, you know, the Kings of Jordan that are, that start with our next one, which is an unprofessional messaging. So they often start with, and by the way, it, it may be a cultural difference, but in the U S this feels very unprofessional where it starts with hi, beautiful or hi, dear, like I would never call anyone dear unless I would like tuck them in at night, right? Like, (laughs) right, like it's, there's a line that feels too personal, too fast. Um, And that often happens with the fake profiles. And I'm not saying like, if it's a cultural difference and in your culture, that's perfectly fine, then maybe it's not a red flag. For me, 
when there's no other context except hi, beautiful, and that's the whole connection request, that's a red flag. For sure. Yeah. And I try to make my husband jealous about it, but he yeah. laughs. And you talked about there was a study done recently um, that said 91% of professional women on LinkedIn were hit on. I just found that to, and, and again, maybe it's my insensitivity and I thought we were beyond this, but that, that's staggering. Yeah, I don't think that was mine, but I think that was on our coaching call. I can't remember who who said that. Um, but it, I, and my reaction to that is the other 9% haven't checked their messages yet. Right. Like it's just really, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's so sad. Yeah, I mean, sad. They have a whole TV show for personal catfishing, but I think it's more is done even professionally than, than personally. Well, let's hop in the next one. And this one is also not a standalone, but incomplete profiles. You know, these are our red flags and I'm not talking about they don't have an about section. I'm talking about they have one experience and they're the CEO of Revlon. Like this is a real story. I'm sure that she's shut down now, but I was, it was definitely getting scammed. The picture, she looked 25, but here's the thing about which, and, and it's changing, but currently unless a company has really blocked it, Anyone can say they work for your company. They just choose it from the drop down, and all of a sudden they're there. Now, some companies um, and LinkedIn have implemented that they have to have your bank e bank email, your company email, or bank email, right? You have to have your bank email as one of your emails in the in LinkedIn in order to be able to connect to the company page. It may even have to be the primary email. And then they get a link to the email to confirm it. So they are changing that. But you, it, it's pretty easy to say that you're the CEO of a company and a big company and, and, you, and you're not caught by them. And so. let's look at the opposite of this too. If I'm a banker and I have a fairly incomplete profile, the likelihood of somebody blocking me, reporting me, ignoring me when I'm trying to do, actually do business, um, that could be a real challenge. So we always talk about, look, if you're going to be on LinkedIn, be on LinkedIn. Don't yeah. get on there just because everybody else is doing it or somebody at the bank went to a conference and says you got to be on LinkedIn. That's not going to cut it. If You've got to at least have a photo. It would be great to have a background, a good headline, your experience. I know the about section is important to both of us, but if you don't, at least your experience uh, and your education, that alone will help people at least say, this is a real person versus uh, a chat bot. Yeah, yeah, that's great. The next one, Jack, connection count. Uh, interesting. This happened to me recently. I looked at this person who was allegedly an executive vice president of Revlon. Uh, and they had very little education. In fact, they had they went to uh, some school in London, but no years. And they only had 65 connections. My point is, if you're an EVP or a president of Revlon, you've got to have way more than 65 connections. That was a huge red flag for me, too. 
Yeah, um, I agree. And especially if they're reaching out to you. Now, if you're reaching out to a high level executive and they only have 65 connections, take a look at their followers, right? They may have 10,000 followers, but only connected to, to some folks. So um, there are definitely things to look at. But when they, if if they're reaching out to connect with you, that's a red flag because why are you only the 66th person that they've reached out to and you've never had a conversation with them, right? So that connection count is important. To go along with that is third degree connection and beyond. Now, I am not saying that every third degree connection that's asking you to connect is a fake profile, but if you don't have any shared connections, it's worth looking a little bit deeper. And that's where you can reply and say, may I ask how you found me? Right? So. Absolutely. And if you have, if you have sales navigator, um, you can actually go a little deeper into a third degree connection and look at, look, at least look at their profile. You know, when I, when I teach at banking schools, I'll get the list of, of bankers and I have a few third degree connections. I have to decide, do I really want to connect with these people? Because if they're not very active on LinkedIn, what's the point of me adding them to, to mm -hmm. being connected? Because if they're not connected to somebody that I'm connected to, you know, I, we're, we're, you and I are both pretty deep connected. Um, mm -hmm. Is it, is it really worth it? So that's a real good red flag as well. Yeah. Uh, another one, this is inconsistent dates. Um a lot of people can make mistakes and they have inconsistent dates, but um, it's just another thing to look at. Uh, and the last one that we have is unrelated skills. And this one I found to be so interesting because it was supposedly a CEO. Uh, it was a manufacturing company, right? I never heard of it. It might've been totally made up. The challenge for me was the profile photo had the logo, not a person's name, but people do that. Like it's, it's so people do that. Um, but uh, it was manufacturing. And then when you went down into skills, it was all Excel, Microsoft Word. And I went, if you're in manufacturing, I mean, you may be good at those things, but are those the things you're bragging about on your profile? So that was a red flag for me. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot out there and I, I think Jack, as we wrap this up and then I'll let you, you know, I'll just tell you my last thoughts and then you share your last thoughts is in really embrace the reply before accepting mm -hmm. the, if you catch a fake profile that is totally, absolutely fake and, and, and fine, you can ignore it. But if you're on the fence, on the desktop, when you go to the My Network tab and invitations, even if they don't have a note, you can reply and just, say, you know, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but I, I think it's worth repeating. Um, you know, Jack, thanks so much for the connection request. Typically, I only connect with people I've already engaged with. May I ask how you found me? Then hit ignore. If they reply, it's going to come into your inbox. And you can have a conversation with them without accepting that connection request. Yeah, that's very true. And I, and I, you know, and and 
Nice comment from Ashley Van Oy, a good friend of ours, Bryn, and a tremendous banker down in the Florida area. Uh, and really appreciate your, uh, your kind comments, Ashley. Really appreciate, glad you're here. Uh, I just think it's, it's, it's kind of like when you make a loan. No one, no banker would make a loan if, if you went on a call and they just gave you a bunch of paper and you kind of browse through it real fast and you go, yeah, yeah, three million sounds really good. We do a lot of due diligence with that and we absolutely better. Uh, we better be doing some due diligence when we decide whether this is a real profile and connect with them or it's a fake profile and we want to block them. So looking at their photo, does their photo match? If they went to college and graduated in 1978 and they look 25, yeah, I don't think so. So you really got to take a big picture look at this, Bryn. And the, the sad thing to my story about Indianapolis we make very snap judgments about certain things and we need to spend a little time doing some due diligence because you never know the person that you connect with today, you may have a conversation with two months from now. But I'm glad we did this program because there's so many bankers confused about what should I do here? I did a class um, and there was a banker as I was walking around the class, banker had about 150 un completed connection requests and they were completely frozen. They had no idea what to do. So hopefully this program helped you understand there are some real and some fake, just like in life. And you want to make sure you do enough due diligence to make sure that you're connecting with the right people. Jack, another fun one. It was great, Bryn. I love these because we, we riff and we yeah. kind of know, okay, here's the subject and you're so steeped in and what's going on that it's so easy to have a conversation with you back next Thursday, 11 o'clock central noon, Eastern time. We're going to do this again, and we're going to keep doing it for years and years and years because new stuff comes up on LinkedIn all the time. And it's great to see you every week, Bryn, even though it's remote. Good to see you. Thanks, Jack. Good to see you too. See you everybody. Thanks for joining us for Jack Rants with Bryn brought to you by our good friends at Vertical IQ and RelPro. We're live on LinkedIn every Thursday at noon Eastern time, helping bankers turn connections into conversations. Don't miss an episode. Visit themodernbanker.com slash TMB podcast. Leave us a review if you would. You can also listen to this program and the new Jack Rants with Modern Bankers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. We're on YouTube as well. Subscribe at youtube.com slash at The Modern Banker. Finally, don't forget, make today and every day a great client day.